Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Freedom to be Happy podcast brought to you by happiness.me. Conversations are the lifeline of happiness. Thank you for joining me in building a community of leaders who believe in the power of happiness for self and others. Today's guest is the head of a high volume hiring platform. They help companies hire thousands of people on an ongoing basis and scale up from their current hiring levels their platform is designed for companies that hire hourly temporary blue collar or gray collar workers with high attrition rates they help recruiters and applicants streamline the application process by creating objective selection criteria i'm talking about a company that is making big waves it's called fountain let's give a very big enthusiastic welcome to om prakash the trailblazing leader who spearheading fountain success very warm welcome om thank you so much sakriti thank you for having me on the show we are so ready to be inspired by your extraordinary story very very happy to be here and uh, yeah please uh, let's go okay yes so to begin with i thought it would be very interesting to know especially for our listeners uh you started out your journey as a software engineer and now you're gliding into building a company that creates happier organizations uh so we want to know about your personal journey how it all started and how is it turning out to be absolutely yeah uh i'm originally from uh, chennai i'm a chennai boy uh i left uh, uh india uh in 2000 i moved to chicago to pursue my uh, masters uh, degree i graduated uh in 2003 that was right after uh the world economy crashed right after 9/11 uh we we it was really hard to get that first job for me uh so i have i remember working uh, hourly jobs uh like doing uh, phone uh, uh support for uh calling card companies so that's where i started my my early journey started and then uh, i was able to get uh, my first job as a software engineer essentially what i wanted to uh, to be and what i was uh, studying for and uh, i started as an uh, front end uh, engineer that's essentially what i thought i loved to do and one of the things uh, throughout my career uh it didn't come naturally to me uh the first uh, several years i was like i i know what i want to do i'm just going to keep doing it till i'm bored of it and at some point as i was growing in my career i was taking on more challenges uh, like being a team lead architecting more and more complicated software systems uh i realized that at some point i had uh, stopped learning right uh i had hit this uh uh this this there's an effect uh, you know what the difficult uh, cuner during effect where you you really don't know how what's the word how dumb you are because you are too dumb to realize that uh so there was a point where i thought i had i mean i think i think if you talk to any software engineer they go through the cycle right like they they start as novice and then they 
really do a lot of fantastic things. They said, okay, I'm at the peak of the world. I'm the best engineer in the world. When you're just like at the, at the bottom of this hill, right? Uh, it took a while for me to uh, realize that. And then I picked back my learning habits. So I'm not going to scope myself to limit myself to just doing one programming language. I want to do front end, back end, middleware, infrastructure. Sorry, throwing out some IT jargon here. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, the, the biggest challenge I had was the more senior I was getting in my career, the more resistant to learning new stuff uh, I was getting. Right? And once I figured that, it took a while for me to figure it out. Once I learned that, I'm like, okay, I'm, and, and I, I started analyzing myself, uh, why am I doing that? Because I there was this comfort factor, right? Like once you really become good at something, People look up to you. If there's a problem, they come to you. You get this rush of solving challenges. Now you stop doing that and then go do something else. You are essentially a newbie again, right? Mm. Once you've seen that, once you have that seniority, becoming a newbie again is something uh, people don't usually do. So for me, I am like, okay, that's what I want to be. I want to go learn every new thing I can. So I, I started, um, obviously, I, I took on as um, VP of engineering here at Fountain. I joined as a principal engineer individual contributor, and then slowly I started managing people. I, I, I led the whole engineering organization. And while I was doing it uh, at Fountain, uh, so roughly around 2018, I joined uh, uh, Fountain. And uh, one of the things I started enjoying was, uh, so the space of uh, HR tech, especially uh, where we are, hmm. you still hear me? Yeah, especially uh, uh, the, the field of uh, uh, hourly hiring where we are talking about one recruiter handling like thousands of applicants on an ongoing basis. Uh, even before joining the company, that space really fascinated how, like what, how do we do this, right? Uh, so I started talking to uh, customers and the customers, our customers are typically uh, HR, recruiters, ops people uh, who are, they, they, their job is day in and day out, talk to people, essentially somebody who's shown a little bit of interest and then they fall off, right? like you have to keep calling them or like, I don't know if you, when you try to hire people, you find somebody really good, they start ghosting you, it's not a good feeling, right? Uh, and and uh, vice versa. So I started uh, getting into okay, let's let's talk more to customers, right? There's a there's a, there's a very uh, there's a stereotype about engineers how they are not people uh, persons and like you don't want engineers talking to customers. So I kind of wanted to break that mode, right? Like okay, I I want to become a customer empathetic engineer so i started getting into sales calls demo calls mostly as observers sometimes people would want me in the call because hey this is this this one guy who's who keeps asking technical questions oh why don't you join us you can help us and then i started seeing oh sales especially software sales is is an art and a science in itself so, hmm. so as, with my along with my product knowledge i started understanding how sales works. Again, I'm not an expert in any of these things. I So the, I'm just, I, I want to be a lifelong learner. Uh, but 
I got good enough with all these things that I was dangerous enough. And uh, what happened was, uh, you probably have seen this somewhere else. We were working with a large company uh, hiring like close to 100,000 people per year in the US. They were expanding globally very aggressively. And they asked us, hey, does your software work in India? They were like, uh, there are like five things we need to do to make it work, like add local languages, add support for WhatsApp. WhatsApp obviously is big in India. In US, not so much, right? So we we built all that and then we uh, onboarded them and then everything's worked really, really well. And uh, that's around the time when we realized, okay, we're onto something, Not that's not just a country specific problem, it's a global problem, right? Like everywhere you go, people uh, are trying to hire a lot of people in quick, uh, uh, in a very short time frame. And this kind of hiring essentially is a. It's obviously it's high volume. B. There's a lot of attrition, right? Sometimes some of our customers, uh, they are like hundred percent attrition, right? You walk into uh, let's say a fast food place near your home this week. You go there next month. Most likely everybody is new, right? Like yeah. it's like hundred percent attrition. And if you think about what happens behind the scenes, right? Like the 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 People running uh, uh, the restaurant, they have to keep the place staffed, right? Because people are coming in. They want to eat food. You just cannot have even one shift without having like the, the cook or the cashier, a janitor, everybody who's essential to running those businesses. Multiply that with thousands and like tens of thousands, hundreds yeah. of thousands of times. Now we have a real high volume hiring problem. Right. So that's the space uh, that we found that like even in India, it's exactly the same. So my my uh, CEO uh, and I, we had a talk and uh, it, it was I think it was probably a mutual thing. He wanted us to expand in India. And I thought, I like, look, I I am Indian. Obviously, I know the space. Whatever I don't know, I can actually go build a network because it's easier for me to do it. Uh, so I took over as um, GM of uh, India. So I still uh, own a good chunk of uh, the global engineering team. And uh, as part of that, I'm still working on building products. One of the products we're building is uh, chatbot, right? Like, and, and like chatbot, when you say chatbot, everything that comes to your mind, like the, the generative AI, natural language uh, con uh, conversations, uh, providing that uh, human touch. If you think about it, if there is any field that requires a bot to assist you on a day-to-day -day basis uh, is uh, HR, uh, especially in a high-volume hiring situation, right? So I will definitely uh, talk about that a little bit more. Uh, to answer your question, that's my journey in a quick uh, nutshell. So right now, we are uh, doing our best uh, to go, uh, like essentially our, our go-to-market team is doing the best, talking to a lot of uh, really big employers, some of them hiring 100,000 people, some of them thinking of hiring 200,000 people per year. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I was talking to somebody, hey, uh, every day we have uh, 500 people join us every day. It's like, it's like a mela on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, the infrastructure, right? Like the processes and the tools, obviously, right? Like we are very, very well. Like we are, I think 
we are a very significant part of this mission that works behind the scenes to keep everything staffed I, like for example right like your uh, delivery drivers bringing you food groceries uh, the, the the restaurant uh, uh, staff the sales people who are selling your uh, financial uh, services uh, in all of them uh, are part of this big mission essentially that's what is powering the economy and uh, we feel like we are in a sweet spot i think we have a great product and we have a great market we just need to go find that perfect product market uh, fit that's where i am right now fantastic sounds like a very lofty goal but definitely a very profound one like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store uh i want to also ask you that um, fountain itself has probably more than 100 employees is what i understand around the world and you guys are building and supporting scalable high volume hiring solutions for other organizations right um and what we believe at happiness.me is that happy people build happy organizations and the wisdom to build happy workplaces comes from the compassion you hold for your people so tell us om i'm very curious uh, what concrete steps do you take as as an organization to make sure your people are happy absolutely uh, my management philosophy is one and it's very very simple right treat everybody like how i would like to be treated right uh, which means that like there's no sen- seniority seniority yeah, like there's no like uh divisions among like if somebody has a good idea take that idea run with it right uh so so from a culture point of view we encourage like the best ideas uh, not always i i'm not going to say all the uh, all then the best ideas when there's always some kind of pressure be it a, a deadline that's looming or a customer that needs this or that the best best ideas might actually sit uh for a little bit but we all understand it and then we work together to make sure that like hey what we are here to solve this problem this is our north star everything we are doing we should always be moving towards the north star if at all we've realized we look around suddenly and say hey our north star is there we are going this way that's the time for us to stop and and and, and regroup and so that's a culture point of view uh yeah. from a wellness point of view being a fast paced startup takes a toll right i've been there i've been there on uh, being a, an individual contributor working it's a different startup right uh again a lot of people I, I, this is true for marketers sales people sdrs bdrs uh they are they are in a they, sh- they have the shared vision and they are always pushing themselves right like in a startup it's 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 always a fire there is no day when we don't have a fire what this means is everybody is constantly working with the heightened uh, adrenaline it's always right, like hey that's that's it's it's let's keep sprinting let's keep sprinting let's get this yeah. get to this next goal uh, a lot of times people don't stop and take time for themselves right like work life balance is something uh, if we don't actively think about it and push for it there is a very good chance people don't it and and again this is not 
a theory. Right? Like I've been through it. Right? Yeah. I have been in a place in my life where I was working literally 18 hour days because I didn't know better. Right? Like my managers really didn't care. They were like, hey, this is this is great. Just go do more work. Uh, but uh, my I, I burnt out very, very quickly and, and, and I took time and, and thought about it. Basically, hey, look, I don't have a life outside work. And this is me, my very early days of my career, right? Like then I was like, okay, what can I do? Oh, I have all these other interests I've been neglecting for a very long time. When I was a student, life was so simple. Right? Like I had so much time. How did my work become my life all of a sudden? And it was something I was doing to myself. Right. Uh, so now, fast forward like 20 years later, when I see my engineers or like my uh, salespeople doing it, my first thing is look, stop what you're doing, just go take a break. Right. So much so that we've started in, in, like company wide, we have uh, every month we have one Friday off where we essentially like say, look, just stop working, everybody go away. It's a long weekend for you. Uh, and and the thing is right like so we are we are a discretionary uh, uh, time off company. I don't know how prevalent uh, that is uh, across the world. Uh, in the Silicon Valley area, it's a thing. Uh, I, I always basically it's flexible time off. Right, like you don't have fifteen days off or twenty days off uh, as a set time off. Uh, it's essentially you can theoretically you can take as much time as you want, as long as you work it out with your team and your manager. I really think that's a bit of a scam, right? Mostly because when when you see everybody in your team are like just slogging and working and like, you don't want to be that one person like, hey, folks, bye, I'm going to take my vacation. If we create the scenario, even though when we are hiring people, one of the benefits we, 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 we advertise saying, hey, it's a flexible time of company, if the reality is people really don't do that. One of the things that we are doing is like we are essentially, uh, we have teams and each team across the company, they have an additional Friday off. And and the, the logic there is like, let's say it's a discretionary time off. It's a flexible time off. Yeah. So if I'm taking, if I, if I regularly take time off, uh, and my team doesn't take time off. So they are sending me emails, Slack messages. They are piling up work for me. So when I come back to work after my vacation or time off, that's just more work for me, right? Like it's more stressful for me to operate in that way. Now, how do we solve that problem? Okay, take the team and the whole team takes the Friday off, right? Mm-hmm. So that way people are, it's, it's an honor system as well, right? Like, so people are not going to, slack you they're not going to call you unless it's a true emergency obviously we are uh, a, a a business we, a lot of companies do rely on us to to do their day-to-day business so if something goes wrong obviously it's all hands on deck but it does not have to be this high pressure situation all the time so we are intentionally trying to slow it down there are going to be times where like yeah you need that drink eight coffees a day, get that milestone (laughs) completed, but do it for like a short amount of time. Just don't make it a regular habit. That's how burnout happens. That's how your work-life balance goes completely out of whack. Uh, So 
talking about all that, one of the things we haven't even addressed is uh, we were headquartered in San Francisco. Uh, uh, actually, we're still headquartered in Sa- San Francisco. Uh, but uh, once COVID hit, we became a 100% remote company. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's not hybrid or nothing. We started hiring all over the country. We started, again, in India. We have a team and uh, pretty much uh, uh, everybody is in a different city. Right? Like, uh, city. Yeah, so we have to essentially once in a few months bring everybody to, to, together for a week or so just so they get that sense of team and belonging. The problem yes. with this is you would, one would think, right? Like, hey, you are always working from home. You can anytime walk out and, and take a break. That doesn't happen right? Like because people are still glued. Uh, and, and it's even worse. And again, I've been through this. This is my personal firsthand experience is uh, in the past when we had to commute, there's like a very, very clear distinction between I'm in my home, I take a one hour train ride, and then I go to work. So that one yes. hour train ride is my buffer, right? Like first 20 minutes I'm thinking about, okay, all these things happened this morning. This is what my my wife told me, my kids were fighting. Mm-hmm. And then through the commute, I'm like, okay, switch into work mode. And the same thing happens in the evening, right? I leave, I have so many things going on in my head. I have this one hour buffer. By the time I get home, I'm completely done with work, right? Like I can immediately go in. But the thing is with working from home, it's like I started, I roll out of bed onto my computer, start working, mm. right? I My last meeting, and then I immediately go to dinner. Like my, my family is waiting. There's no buffer over there, right? And and again, this has been a much bigger challenge, more than the lack of work-life balance. It's like the boundaries are gone now. Yes. I think that is a, a very, very important problem as well. So looking for solutions here, we are all in it. This is relatively new, I would say. We don't have a winning formula yet. Uh, we are all disconnected but always connected in a very weird way. So, yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's those are my thoughts around this topic. Yeah, wonderful. That's so true. And I think what you've, uh, you know, expressed about how important it is for the employees to feel connected in spite of not uh, even in the same city. Uh, and, you know, all the steps that you're taking towards it definitely uh, you know, are concrete and very real. You know, they're not just those bookish <laughs> things that you're doing. You're actually applying this. And that's why you are, you know, that's why it's coming from a very personal experience. You've experienced all of this and that's why you're able to apply it. And I think that is the beauty. Uh, so now we come to uh, the uh, favorite part of the show. Not mine, but that's what all the listeners say. That's the quick five. Here we get to know a little more about you. Uh, so are you ready for the quick five? Yeah, ready for it. Okay, let's do it. Okay, one mantra that you live by. Uh, my daughter is going to watch it, so I have to say it. The one mantra I live by is actually my daughter. My daughter's name is Mantra. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
but uh, i i think i understand the spirit of the question i i think uh, i probably mentioned this uh be the change you want to see in the world right yes. change comes from within if you model good behavior uh it will come back uh the world will see it uh we we sometimes are like hey nobody's watching somebody's watching right like uh yeah. good behavior always brings about more good behavior from others 100% love it love it and hey hey mantra if you are listening to this uh thank you so much for being a wonderful daughter because uh, your dad is being able to contribute so much because of your support uh so thank you keep doing what thank you're doing you. and uh, my son vedant is also listening so make sure i should make sure i mentioned him as well <laughs> yes absolutely thank you thank you vedant for listening to this and i hope that uh, you can understand and be proud uh, of what your father is able to contribute to this uh, world okay one uh, conversation om that changed the course of your life one conversation that changed the course of my life probably one of a conversation that I, I still go back and revisit all the time yeah uh, I, this was right after uh my father had uh, passed away mm. one of my uncles pulled me aside and like out of the blue is like hey just keep in mind don't don't drink alcohol don't get into any bad habits uh i don't know why he said that i don't know why he pulled me aside and said that uh that has lived with me i i i it's it's, it's unexplained uh, obviously there are a lot of reasons uh i i don't consume alcohol ever uh in and uh definitely uh nothing to i wouldn't think it's something to brag about but i think it's definitely uh it's it's helped me uh maintain a healthy lifestyle by mm. like I've, i've seen how things can go really really bad or i've seen people who are like they just are in control all the time uh that i would say that has definitely been a big uh influence on me that one conversation throughout my life fantastic okay a book or a web series what well, i don't know if if you're reading book or you're watching web series whatever anything that you recommend to the listeners oh a book that you are currently reading or a web series that you are currently watching um i a book that i'm currently reading is called uh, a great uh, demo it, okay it essentially uh, it, it's it's talking about how to give a great demo of your software so if you're if you're in the uh, tech industry if you're building products uh and and uh, you are uh, in you will definitely be right, giving demos of of whatever you're building or whatever you're trying to sell uh, i would say read this book it's an amazing book uh, it's full of wisdom uh, and a very very practical advice uh, as to how to, it's basically be a great storyteller right like that's essentially what it is and uh, being a great storyteller is a good uh uh it's a good uh, skill to have right like yes. because 
uh, it, it's going to help you in uh, every uh, thing that you do in your life, not just like selling software. So I think that's a very good uh, book to read. Okay. Okay. Tell us who is your go-to person. People come to you at, uh, you know, your workplace and maybe share their uh, adversities with you uh, or the challenges that they face. Who is your go-to person when you face adversity? Uh, definitely my uh, wife, uh, Arti. Uh, she's my go-to person for pretty much everything. At work, uh, I would say uh, I have a very, very good friend, colleague. Uh, his name is Nico. Nico, if you're watching, <laughs> I love you, man. Uh, so I essentially, uh, these are uh, the people I go to on a pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah. Fantastic. I think if, even if you have that one person at workplace and one person in the family whom you can go to, I think it's you're totally blessed. Okay, tell us uh, the last question and the most relevant one. Define happiness. Uh, that, that, I don't want to say it in, it, it, no negatives, right? Uh, I would say happiness is a state of mind where you're not thinking about what's coming or what happened. I would say living in the moment. Uh, yeah. Living fully in the moment right mm. whatever it is uh, it might be a sad moment at when you're facing it but when you look back because you were there that moment stays with you right like it, over the time all of these moments turn into happy moments just because you've lived it i, I think that's my definition of happiness Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Om. It has been a pleasure speaking to you. So many, uh, so many wonderful uh, words of wisdom by you. Uh, fantastic, productive conversation. I feel freedom to be happy by happiness.me is so grateful uh, for having you on the show. Thank you so much. And uh, in preparation for this, I've, I've listened to all your other podca podcasts. I think all but everything I've heard is amazing. So everybody, please uh, continue listening. Uh, thanks again for letting me share my small story here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Freedom to be happy by happiness.me is available on all leading podcast directories. Until the next episode, please take care, be safe and remember you have the freedom to be happy. Thank you so much.